0: Good morning, everybody. Hope you had a good Easter weekend, as together as you safely could be with friends and family. I know it's different. I know it's unique. I know it's not as fun, but hopefully you at least got some uh, FaceTime or whatever you use these days to to see some friends and family. And if you were close to one another, hopefully you were uh, safe in doing so and uh, adhered to the advisories that we've received. I'm Austin Horton. It's the EP podcast excited for week two. Of the podcast here, and excited for the inaugural, initial, I should say, episode of Military Monday. I'm going to do this every Monday. I'm going to speak with someone military-related, whether it be a family member of a military service person, or a military service person themselves. Or today's guest, Kyle Fox of the uh, nonprofit program Follow the Flag. I'm sure you've heard of him and what he and his cause are up to and what they do, uh, especially with the giant unfurling flags around holidays and whatnot. Excited to have Kyle on in a little bit to talk about that and so much more. But because it's a Military Monday... We do still have to fit in some sports, obviously, and we got to get the laugh of the day at the end of the show, which I've received word as people's favorite moment of the show. So stay tuned for that. Got a doozy one for you coming up. But number one topic right now today, got to start with the first topic on everyone's mind. Rudy Gobert spoke out publicly on, uh, with, with Taylor Rooks, NBA reporter, over the weekend. I think she's with Bleacher Report these days. And uh, she, she asked him straight up about the reported feud or whatever word you want to insert between he and Donovan Mitchell. This coming off of a piece from The Athletic last week wherein The Athletic quoted an, an, an anonymous source. Say that 75 times fast in a row. An anonymous source who said that uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell's relationship, quote, appeared unsalvageable, close quote. Had a lot of people ask me questions about this. Send me inquiries. See if I know. And I don't know anything. I, I know exactly what is reported nationally, locally and otherwise. The best thing to keep in mind here is, in my opinion, I don't know this for facts in this case, but. But in my opinion, more likely than not, that source that was quoted isn't Donovan or Rudy. It's someone who believes they're close to them, is close to them, is their agent, so on and on and on and on. But it's not from Donovan or Rudy themselves. That would be my best guess. And so my initial reaction to people when they asked me about it was, until I hear from Donovan or Rudy exactly, uh, or someone from you know the Jazz them- itself, organization itself then we just got to take it for what it is and that article was such a great article in the athletic of course that piece that part of the piece the very end of the piece by the way just a kind of an addition there at the end of course that became the number one focus because it's drama it's soap opera it's what people thirst after especially in times when when things are bad we want to see if other people have it worse than we do okay that's kind of a joke I hope you laughed at that. But the the reality is, The Bachelor is watched incessantly. It's one of the top-rated TV shows every season it's on. That's because people like the drama. And that's what people like about sports a lot. I like like the drama about sports, for sure. The the off-the-court stuff, not as big a fan of it. But TMZ has made a killing off of doing the 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 off-the-court, off-the-field, away-from-the-game type stuff. So people are interested. And, of course, that's why they globbed onto that one little bit of that article. Uh, but Don, or excuse me, Rudy was asked straight up about this And his answer could not have been more encouraging to jazz fans To the jazz organization Could not have been more mature And could not have been more honest and candid And I thought he handled himself really well Here's that segment from Taylor Rooks
1: Is there any truth to these rumors that are going on
0: right now That you all's relationship cannot be saved And you aren't speaking and all of these things
1: it is true that we didn't speak for a while after this, but we did spoke uh, a few days ago. And, you know, like I said, we both ready to, to go out there and try to win a championship for this team. You know, it's all it's about being a professional. And, you know, everyone got different relationships. Everyone got, you know, it's never perfect. Uh, married people that are married, you know, the, it's never perfect. So, you know, me and my teammate, no, it's not, it's far from perfect. But at the end of the day, we both want the same thing. And it's winning. And, you know, and we both grown man and we're both gonna do what it takes to win
0: so there you go you got you've got anonymous sources saying it's unsalvageable then you've got the actual source of one part of a two-part source rudy and donovan talking and telling you the truth right there i think that that is the the best thing that could have come out of this is what rudy gobert just said they don't got to be best friends They don't got to get matching tattoos. They don't have to have friendship bracelets. They don't have to have known each other for 70 years. They don't have to uh, hang out on the weekends. They've just got to come together and practice and film sessions and during games to try and win an NBA championship. That's it. I don't know what John Stockton and Carmelo's exact relationship was like, but I can tell from afar that they were not best friends. They were not hanging out on the weekends every weekend. They were not, uh, you know, uh, palling around outside the game but they got dang close several times to win an nba title and were able to be professionals about it around it. so this is up to rudy and donovan and the utah jazz and i think it'll be fine i i don't even like talking about it really because it's not that big of a deal i don't think i honestly i don't think it's that big of a deal but big deal or little deal it is important and uh, nice to hear from rudy and or donovan and hear those good things there all right, staying with the NBA for a moment. Other big news, this coming from Brian Windhorst and others at ESPN, saying that the NBA is waiting until May. Of course, May one, as we told you last week, is when Adam Silver there won't be said there won't be any uh, more decisions or announcements made until May first about whether or not the season's going to continue. What they're going, what they're thinking. But several NBA reporters, including, as I said, ESPN's Brian Windhorst, are reporting that the NBA has one of the situations they've looked into, and one of the ideas that has been proposed is a 25 day program for players to go through before they resume gameplay. So if that is what they do, keep in mind if they announced today, April was it the 13th, if they said, all right, we're going to play, we're going to resume the season on this date. Well, that date would be at least 25 days from now. So keep in mind, whenever they do say the season or whatever the gameplay will resume on X date, it's got to be 25 days before that takes place. It will that 25 day uh, it, that plan will include players going through an 11 day stretch of indivi- individual workouts, in which they could maintain uh, you know some kind of social distancing while ramping up training act in activity. Then, once permitted by medical officials, the idea would be to allow for a two week training camp with entire teams participating, you know, with each other in the same room, in the same gym, together. This is, you know, the, oh, this Corona thing, man. There's good, then there's bad. Then there's bad, then there's good. And it's just going to be that emotional roller coaster. And the NBA and anyone else doesn't have time to wait the roller coaster out. They've got to have contingency plans in place so that when the green light goes, they're ready to fly. So this 25-day program, 11 individual workout days, then 14 or two weeks of team workouts leading up to gameplay, it's at least something. Again, like I told you last week, at least there's some kind of plan being stamped out into black and white on paper, on the computer, into the system to make sure that we're ready to go once that th- situation comes around. So good news, yes, yes. It's not great news because they're not saying 25 days from now, Ball comes back, but they can't. Nothing's ready to say 25 days from now. So stay tuned. Hang in there. We'll be all right. Keep going with the social distancing rules. Stick to it. Don't get weak. We're fine. We'll do okay. We'll get there and Ball will return. Hopefully, it will return and this season will finish this summer or end of this spring. Uh, If not, it will come back in the fall or the winter. It'll be back. We just got to get through and stem the tides until then. All right, final NBA note for you today, the horse competition that took place over uh, the weekend. Mike Conley of the Utah Jazz participated as uh, he went up against uh, WNBA Hall of Famer Tamika Catchings. I believe she played for the Fever, Indiana Fever. She's a Hall of Famer, just went into the Hall of Fame. And Mike Conley was on the big show on Friday, To talk about this, and they asked him about what was going, where this came, how this came about, what he was expecting, and he said Tamika was not going to be an easy round for him.
2: How on earth did
0: this thing get started,
2: and how did you get involved?
1: You know, honestly, um, I kind of saw how everybody else thought on like Twitter, like a rumor about it, and uh, I just inquired, like, "Hey, man, if y'all are going to really do this thing? Let me know." You know, I play horse all the time, so I'd love to be a part of it, and um they they approached me back and ESPN approached me and said that they were going to do it and go through with it and and uh and if i want to be a part of it so you know here i am and uh, i'm looking forward to it
3: so
0: mike one of the cool things about this is that so many nba fans have played horse themselves right so they can relate to this my question to you is do you have a couple of go-to shots that uh are, are money i really do man um
1: you know, whenever I just need, you know, to kinda of get my feet grounded and feel a good rhythm I always kinda of, I, I look to my, my off hand, so I make people shoot with their off hand and I use my right <laughs> hand, like shoot a shoot a three or something like that and I feel real comfortable doing that and and normally i make it and i feel you know that's kind of like my go to to start with and after that i get a little bit crazy
2: all right so the quarterfinals are going to be on sunday that starts at 5 then on thursday april 16th we'll have the semifinals and the championship game as i understand mike uh, the quarterfinals are going to be grouped uh, divided 8 Participants in two groups. You're in the group with Chauncey Billups, Tamika, uh, Tamika Catchings, yourself, and Trey Young. Break down the uh, opposition in your group a little bit. Who faces the biggest challenge?
1: You know, um, I'm, I'm honestly not overlooking Tamika. I mean, I, she's she's uh, obviously just going into the Hall of Fame, and she's she's riding high right now. I'm a little worried about her for my first round uh, opponent. But obviously, I think you know everybody's looking at Trey. You know, and all the things he does in a game. Uh, he makes four shots in actual games. So that'll be uh interesting uh, uh, opponent if I get to face him at some point.
2: That'll do it. Mike Conley wins the Hall of Famer.
1: Tameka Catchings going against all kinds of elements out there in Indianapolis. Being inside helped me uh, a lot. I see her hair is <laughs> blowing in the wind. And, you know, it's cold. I know it's cold in Indiana right now. so That helped a lot. But once I made, you know, uh, the first... First couple of shots I felt felt comfortable just, you know, being at home and making shots is easier. So uh just happy to to move on and happy to have competed against a, a goat like Tamika.
0: Well, good thing he didn't take Tamika catches lightly. Of course, uh she was outside, he was inside, as you heard a moment ago. That helps. He's gonna be back inside, I would assume, for the semi or the yeah, the semifinal against Chauncey Billups this coming Thursday at seven. Mountain Time on ESPN uh, and so we'll see how that goes this as, as, as overall as a TV watching experience it was something it was for me better than the NBA 2K thing they did the previous weekend uh, which by the way in all Suns finals between DeAndre Ayton and, and uh, Devin Booker and Devin Booker won ya- yawn sigh but this was better than that it's clearly not the same as basketball Anyone on social media that's been complaining saying this isn't real basketball, we need real Of course it's not real basketball. But it's something. It's something. So did I sit sit down and watch it with the commercials and all? No. Did I even DVR it? No, didn't. But did I catch the highlights on YouTube? Yep, sure did. So I, I guess if I if I sat down and watched the whole thing, I'd probably feel differently about it. But this was something. This was basketball for us to look at, watch NBA, WNBA, other professionals play. It was fun to watch Paul Pierce lose. It's always fun to watch Chris Paul lose. And, of course, uh, Trey Young, who said he's going to be the better, a better shooter than Steph Curry. A little part of me was happy to see him lose, too. Young guy running his mouth. I like Trey Young a lot, but it's a little too soon to be running your mouth like that, Trey. But he lost to uh, Chauncey Billups, who Mike Conley will take on in the semifinals. The winner will go on to the championship to play the winner between Zach Levine and uh, uh, Ali Quigley of the WNBA. Levine defeated Paul Pierce, Quigley defeated Chris Paul in the first round. Now, before we leave you this Mike Conley-related topic, here's a soundbite he had with the big show uh, with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson on Friday. Jake Scott, in fact, I'll include the question, but they asked him, It seemed like you were just getting back into the flow of things after, you know, uh, he's been in a different, a completely different system for 13 years in in Memphis. He was in a different system than that at Ohio State in College. All of his uh, childhood days of playing ball were completely different than what the Jazz are doing with him. He hits the season. That's a struggle for him. He then has these injuries that keep him away from learning those, and he just looked like he was getting back into it and really grasping his position and what was expected of him in the team's schemes and plans, and then coronavirus hit. That's the question. The answer is just as good.
2: Mike you had uh, certainly a unique season new new team, new location, and then interrupted with uh, with an injury, which was certainly unfortunate, but it seemed to me that toward the that last stretch of you guys playing before things unfortunately came to an end, you really started to find that groove. Would I be an accurate in saying that and does that make it even more difficult to go through this because it finally seemed like things were really starting to click for you
1: yeah um, yeah I think that's that's really accurate man. Um, you know, I almost at the beginning of this thing, you know, it was kind of made a joke to my family. Like, man, it seems like, you know, everything that could go wrong is going wrong. You know, I finally get get a good rhythm. And this thing hits, you know, and, and, and shuts down the whole league. So, I mean, it's 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 unfortunate. But at the same time, I, I feel in a great place and, and it makes me more excited to, to get back to playing again because I feel like I got a, a complete grasp of, of my understanding of my role and um, what I'm you know, there for for the team and, and the team and how they play with me on the court and uh, with different groups and stuff like that so I was just excited about getting the opportunity to play my brothers again and hopefully you know, that's soon.
0: There's some good news there for Jazz fans and the Jazz organization because to this point, I I think calling the Mike Conley experiment a failure is way premature and way inaccurate at this point. He has not had enough time for that to be decided yet. Now, he's not a young spring chicken either. He's only on the books for one more season for a lot of my 30 plus million dollars. And he is that side of 30 years old with the, the health history that he had recently with the heel injury and whatnot back a couple seasons ago. So, But it is good news that he felt like he was just about to get there to where he was going to be that dangerous part of a Utah Jazz championship contending team, the reason they traded for him. Then Corona happened. The idea is to keep him engaged, keep him close, keep him on that same path that he was before the pandemic shut the NBA down so that when it returns, Jazz are off to the races. All right, before we get out to Kyle Fox of Follow the Flag for our first Military Monday conversation, some NFL local college football news and notes. This out of The Athletic from Chris Camrani. Former Utah and high school teammates Tyler Huntley and Damari Simpkins, of course, were planning and hoping, uh, putting a lot of their NFL hopes on the March 26th Pro Day that was to have been held at the University of Utah. Since that didn't happen, they've like they've you know joined like all the other throngs of NFL hopefuls around the country, and they did a virtual uh, tryout or Pro Day. Well, in the meantime, they had to find somewhere to work out. And apparently they went from place to place hopping fences in their Florida hometown area to try and find a field or a track or some kind of space to work out on and to and to keep themselves tuned in or tuned up. And apparently they, you know, the cops chased them away from a couple of places. I say chase, they, they just came and said, "Would you please you got to go." And they did. They of course they complied. But they they got chased away there. Uh the public told them, "No, you can't be here." The public officials. And they finally found a spot they got a Tennessee Titans former uh, scout to come down and run the thing, and I, and that's key, to have an NFL-verified uh, presence at your pro day. That is key. Otherwise, NFL scouts or teams might look at it and go, uh, no, there's no way that these numbers are real. There was no one there watching you or monitoring you. So really, I, I'm hopeful for Tyler Huntley and Damari Simpkins both. I'm hopeful for every local player that, that goes through the college system here in Utah. I want them all to have success at the next level. Personally... I think Tyler Huntley... First of all, Tyler Huntley proved me absolutely dead freaking wrong last season. He was so much better than I thought he would ever be. And uh, that, that was great news for him. Is he an NFL quarterback? No. Sorry. He's not. Is he an NFL quality athlete? Absolutely. If I were an NFL team, I would be spending a late round pick if, ne- if necessary. More than likely, he'll be signed as a free agent and i think that he'll have a he'll carve himself out a good spot in the pro ranks. be it uh it might be a tight end might be a receiver of some kind tyler huntley will have a spot in the nfl even if it's on a a practice or scout roster but tyler huntley is a professional football player damari simpkins i think he could probably play professionally in the canadian football league the xfl if it were still around uh but i don't i'm not sure he's gonna make it on an nfl roster he's got some speed Maybe you can find a spot as a special teams guy, but we'll see. And then another local guy, Austin Lee of BYU, who's going to join the big show Tuesday afternoon, so tune in for that. He has lit the NFL scouting world on fire with a virtual pro day he held in Las Vegas, I want to say was where it was. Just put up all kinds of crazy numbers. Great video. NFL scouts and GMs are loving his body. Expect Austin Lee to have found his, himself a spot in the NFL. With, with, and that is so hard to do first of all in normal circumstances but especially hard when you're doing these virtual things these virtual pro days so really good news for uh, a few local guys there are other news and notes for some local NFL hopefuls but those three Tyler Huntley, Damari Simpkins and Austin Lee caught my attention today best of luck to those three and again Austin Lee will be on the big show on Tuesday afternoon I think at 3.30 tune in for that it is military monday and as promised each and every week we visit with somebody attached to working with or in the military itself and i thought no better person to have on the initial military monday than my friend kyle fox of follow the flag kyle welcome to the ep podcast thanks for a few minutes buddy hey thanks for having me i'm honored to be here with you so this is audio only but it's weird because kyle and i are actually looking at each other over facebook messenger The, the old quarantine stay safe stay home got us so we can't be in studio together i've got these weird blue gloves on and we're doing the right we're doing it right but we'll have you in studio when this all passes if you're all right with that i'm down all right so follow the flag i go every year to i think is it grove creek canyon i'm not from that that's the name so every year in grove creek canyon i go every year on the fourth of july with my in-laws and we see that big beautiful flag unfurled and the amazing uh program you put on so i know a little bit about follow the flag but if you just somehow sum up for our listeners what is follow the flag and what what uh how'd you come about doing it
4: Yeah. So, um, we're beginning to learn what we're all about here, six years later. Um, (laughs) but in the beginning it was, um, really no more than a stunt. Um, just something fun, some way of, um, just catching people's attention, you know, making them stop in their path and, and look up and, and really behind that we didn't have a whole lot of patriotic drive behind it pushing it um for any political reason or any you know other reason it was just a gag and then uh what we were surprised with is the reaction uh, people had to it you know it touched lives it it, uh, changed lives and brought people um uh, closer to their their veterans their military their first responders um, all those people, they begin to kind of recognize. We grouped them together by putting this flag up there, and and uh, a lot of times, what we see is the most special things that happen is when people are up there together, and then all of a sudden, a veteran starts telling a story. And it's uh, in school, you, you know, you read books and see videos and things, but it's not all the time that you get to stand there and hear the story from you know the hero's mouth. And so, um, you know, it. The, I think it's uh, in 2017 or 18, we started coining the phrase honor, heal, inspire. Um, And that's our tagline. Um, That's our motto. And those just aren't uh, words that we came up with and just decided, hey, this is what we're gonna be. Those were things that actually started happening. We realized that we were honoring those who served, those who support those who serve Um, And then when we went to uh, North Ogden and we were able to heal that community from the the tragic loss of Mayor Brent Taylor, we were able to heal heal a community that way and then inspire. We've been able to um, stick out in a way that is not normal and get recognition from, or just get recognized from people and kids uh, and realizing, hey, there's something else out there for us to do and, and they jump on board. So that's a, in a nutshell a little bit about who we are, what we are, and, and what's going on. Is this a full-time gig for you now, Kyle? Um, I think so. I, <laughs> I, um, I'm I, spending at least an hour a day um, on just thinking about it or doing something. And then, you know, as we ramp up, and I thought you were going to ask that <clears throat> the biggest question of all when you, you started in on this about July 4th. Yeah. You know, we're still trying to decide how to plan for that yeah. see if it's going to take place. Um, so yeah, it gets busy as we get closer to July 4th and summertime and sporting events and all sorts of activities being outside. That's when it gets busy.
0: Well look, man, I, I'm trying to it did cross my mind but I was like, nah, we're far enough away from July. I don't need to worry us yet. You gotta worry about it. You gotta think about it. I'm not gonna I'm gonna plan on it still until you tell me yeah. it's not happening. So keep yeah, it I
4: think- We'll, we'll keep it simple. We're going to plan on it um, until we get told no.
0: Right. That's, that's a great way to go about it, for sure. Uh, let's start there with, because I want to ask you a couple questions, uh, uh, some stories and things, but you mentioned Major Taylor. I think a, a lot of people are familiar with the, his story. He was the mayor of North Ogden. And he was also in the National yeah. Guard and, of course, paid the ultimate sacrifice. You mentioned it briefly. Tell us that story, how you guys were able to get involved uh, with his memorial service. And as you mentioned, it wasn't just his service. You, you, you healed that entire community or helped give them a point to rally around and heal, heal with.
4: Yeah. Well, first of all, I'll be selfish in this a little bit. Um, I have never heard of or met a person like this, Brent Taylor, and I think I, I learned that uh, his his passing was like the first death of someone who was uh, you know in in a position of government and served their country and died you know simultaneously serving both uh, since like 1912 or something wow. crazy. So nobody serves nobody serves like that anymore. Um, and so he's just 100 percent through and through, a patriot. His passion was there for the people. He, the reason he went back is um, it was his volunteering to go back and serve his country. Um, and by the way, one of the people I want to line you up with is Annie Taylor to come on your show. Oh, please, amazing,
0: It'd be an um, honor.
4: But yeah, so I'll tell you quickly the story. I, um, we we were able to be featured on a those short documentaries, um, through general conference. Um, and, uh, a lot of people got to see what we we're about and, um, it just stuck in some people's minds up there up north that had seen it. And so, um, I think it was three or four days after the passing of Brent, um, it popped into somebody's head. Um, Josh Johnson up there in, um, in North Ogden. And he, uh, he went to uh, Kirk Chuck and they had a quick conversation at his office and just said, you know, hey, what is it that we can do? You know, people were already pouring out all sorts of love and support and things, and they were just like, what can we do? And they thought of us, and so they called me, and um, I remember on the call it was, you know, they had started in and telling me the story, and I had already been aware of it and kind of had it in the back of my mind of somebody were to call me then I would we would figure something out and go and um so I didn't pursue it and they they jumped on it and called me and I stopped them in mid-sentence and just told them that the answer was yes And I, they they hadn't even asked asked the question um the question that I thought they were asking is if we could hang a flag in the canyon and I don't know that they were going that direction as much as just maybe getting a big flag up there in the community, in the streets or somewhere, you know, on a, on some fire trucks or something. But it just evolved quickly. And we were, um, I think the next day we were in the Canyon. Um, we had our, our range finder. We were able to, to measure that Canyon. And it turns out that the cold water Canyon is nearly 100% identical to Grove Creek. So all our all our gear, our rigging, um, our lines, was the same. Wow. And since then, I've discovered what a miracle it is that that happened because I have been scouting canyons all over the West for the last few years, just seeing what possibilities there are. And uh, there's not many. There really is not many that have have the right access for people to view it and just the situation. So um yeah we were able to get that flag up there and then it turns out it was on veterans day that we unfurled it and uh i loved it because i knew i already knew what was going to happen before it even did so i was just like a kid on christmas eve you know um getting excited to what was going to happen the next day and, and it did and it just shocked people people were in tears um one of the stories that were told to me is there was a a soldier who had been home with his family and and it was recent that he was serving and he was home and literally fell to the ground just by um
1: seeing
4: it wow those are one of many stories that we've heard and so for me and I, i say this a lot to people the way i describe it is the american flag to me before all this was red white blue stars and stripes i was proud of it but i I didn't have a thread of a story in it i had a little bit for my grandpa served in the navy but i didn't have like a, you know a heart-wrenching attachment and so now i have all these little threads that are sewn into that flag and i'll n- never look at it the same
0: again and the, the organization you, you should be proud it's doing the same to people like me I, I'm not there hearing these stories firsthand from people, but I'm seeing follow the flag, uh, raise flags and, and unfurl flags and be part of service projects and is doing the same for me, who I've, I've always considered myself a patriotic person. And I've one of my greatest regrets in life is that I did not uh, and have not served in the military. In fact, you mentioned that conference piece. I think you may have mentioned during the conference piece that you share that uh, same sentiment. But by being part of this organization – you're helping people's hearts look at the flag which they've always revered and honored but more as more as a, a sign or a symbol of those lives lost sacrificed or even more mo- most importantly the ones that are currently serving and their families it's not just a flag it is a way of life and it's a symbol of, of freedom for all countries uh, everywhere on the on the earth
4: yeah the thing that i think that's amazing is in this day and age it truly is you're on one side or the other there's no in the middle anymore people are either falling away and burning this flag and doing things to this country and treating it like garbage or you're protecting it and standing up for it there's no in the middle anymore
0: amen all right so we've got a bunch of stories on your website your blog is constantly filling up with more stories that people can go check out follow the flag.org to check out those stories two more questions i got for you though i do want you to tell our audience the story of justin rosier and uh his father first lieutenant jonathan and then i'm gonna ask if there's ways people can volunteer but first tell us the story i'm sure people was it steve hartman that that did a story on this everyone's done a story on it but this one this one's incredible so tell us the story of young Justin
4: yeah so young Justin this was this was a first for us that we stepped outside of the box you know we we literally people would ask us what what do you do what what are you about and we're like we hang a flag in a canyon and that (laughs) was pretty much it that was it at the time and so a close friend here in Pleasant Grove Sid Lamone she had um she's all over the social media and that's how she connects with the community and um she had sent me uh, a link to a post there was a very generic Pleasant Grove um Facebook page that this um this woman from uh, Texas had put a post about this car that she was looking for and um so she shared that with me and I kind of looked at it and she's like, this is kind of military and it might be something that you guys can be involved in. And I, I did kind of brush it off and it took her a couple times to poke me to, to get my attention and get going. But, um, sure enough, we spread the word. Um, and, um, we, I drafted up a GoFundMe campaign and just waited to push enter. Um, and sure enough, that car was, um, the car was found in Pleasant Grove, only a few blocks from my house. Wow. So I, I hit enter on that GoFundMe and it, it, more than filled, but to give you some background about it, the car was the car that, uh, the, the husband and wife had a boy and they brought him home from the hospital and, and when he was six months old, the young boy, his dad w- went to serve our country in Iraq and was tragically killed. And, um, so, to make ends meet she sold the car she sold the, ho- the house and did everything to try to survive and then stumbled across some old paperwork on the car and it just a light went on her head I- i'm going to try and find this and this is what military families do actually is try to try to connect those those vehicles and things like that and so carfax will tell you a city it's in but not the home or the location mm. So anyhow, community came together. I had this money that was going to use to have the car transported there and maybe a little bit of repair. Uh, the first place we took to the collision, he took a look at it. And I, I left it there, came back a few hours later and he had networked with all of his contacts in the uh, automotive industry. Um, and everybody did everything for free, offered all parts and labor, and we did a full restore on the car. So when when I knew that was taking place, there was no way I was not going to be delivering that car to Justin. And and like you said, the story got out, and uh, CBS got a hold of it, and they followed it along, and they were able to share a feel-good story that. It just continues to get cycled on social media. It's amazing.
0: It shouldn't happen. It should be shared every day by someone else. it's to yeah. see that Justin sixteen year old Justin's eyes and, and he's speechless. This is and he feels his dad coursing through that car. And I believe his dad was there. I, I don't know, I'm sure you probably oh, yeah. feel the same, but just well, an incredible
4: butterfly. thing. There's a butterfly that lands on my shirt during right. that interview and it sits there for about thirty minutes. And then hours later when justin gets in the car the butterfly comes back i there's actually a lady who wrote me last month and is putting me in a butterfly book
0: (laughs) oh man you've made it now you've made that's why you wear that big beard it's so you you look more manly in a butterfly book that's what that's the idea there how do people get involved how can we help you how can we help with follow the flag
4: yeah so you you mentioned our website um we just changed it it just got overhauled and it it got overhauled like no other i'm so proud of it um we put as much into it as we can i think that when people go there now it'll all make sense to them back when we went to Coldwater canyon in north ogden those guys were researching on us and they couldn't quite figure it all out and so one of those is that um actually who built the website for us is someone from North Ogden. Cool. But yeah, if you go to the website, falltheflag.org, right at the top there, it um, allows you to subscribe. I'm not sure exactly what it says, but you you give us your email. We're not gonna send you any junk, but we will send you invitations to serve. Um, We're actually looking to roll out more chapters in America. So right now there's North Ogden and Pleasant Grove. We've got potential in Arizona Um, and then we're we're developing a program where we can roll it out nationwide um, not on a scale where we're flying giant flags across canyons but on the scale of when someone comes home from serving our country we can welcome them by standing on the side of the street with an american flag or funeral services or any celebration who knows there's always some things that curveballs that come too and we need resources to help but but uh, yeah I think the people need a way to like a real call to action to show that they love their country because you can type it up and post it on social media and you know you could get yourself in a uniform and go serve but in between it's kind of hard to really find a way to serve so I think this is kind of a great opportunity for people to find ways and a number of times during the year, at least every month, there's a way to go stand with the flag for somebody that really loves it.
0: Cool. Well, Kyle, uh, from the bottom of my heart as a Patriot, I thank you so much for everything you and your family are doing, your compatriots there at uh, Follow the Flag. Keep it up, buddy. Honestly, it's I love the idea behind it. I love how hard you guys work to instill the patriotism in our hearts in this country, and it's important work, and I appreciate it.
4: Well, thank you so much. I, that means a lot. It, this has been one of the most difficult things in my life, and the most rewarding things in my life. So, um, it, it it does take many of us to do this. So, don't look uh, at our website and think we've got it all figured out and done. <laughs> we it takes a lot of people. So, so there's always room for more. So,
0: you make share sure stories
4: and 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 helps you know dilute the evil with some good
0: amen you make sure to thank your wife too for letting you do all that <laughs> i know she's she's yeah. a big part of it too so you thank her you're a wise man yeah all right brother there you go kyle fox of follow the flag check him out follow the honestly such a an incredible guy and uh i i i know he wouldn't like to hear me say that Cause he's a humble dude as well, but an honor for me to have him here on the podcast and not a better way to kick off a military Monday than to uh, visit follow the flag.org and uh, check out some of the stories. If you, especially in this time of the world, we need some good news to steal a phrase from John Krasinski. We need some good news on, followtheflag.org is chock full of good news and stories that you can share, you can read, you can cry, you can laugh, and you can just be instilled with the, the patriotic spirit that, that we need more of in, in this day and time. So thank you. Thank you a thousand times. Thank you to Kyle Fox, the people that follow the flag and all they do to honor our veterans, our military and their families, of course all right that's it for a monday edition of the ep podcast thank you so much for tuning in my thanks to kyle fox and everybody who has helped out on this uh, podcast we're just a week into it and we are just getting started it is is you know, it is growing and growing and i thank you so much go ahead click share share the link send this out to your friends and family uh, there's something for everybody, I hope, every day. That's the goal anyway. It's not just sports. It's all stuff. For, it's all kinds of stuff for all kinds of people. All right, I'll see you on a Tuesday. And until then, as always, be good to each other.
3: Time now
0: for the laugh of the day. <laughs>
3: the Starbucks. What are they asking me what my name is for? It's none of their business what my name is. Just give me a cup of coffee. I'll give you $9. We'll call it a transaction. <laughs> I know they want to write it on the cup, right? That's the way they operate, but that's not the way I operate. I've started doing this. They go, what's your name? It's What uh, <laughs> What is it? It's Tinford. It's spelled just the way it sounds. The Common spelling. G-L-A-R-B-S-T and another T. E-N-T-E-N-F-O-R-D. O R D. Glarbston-Tinford. Some people just call me Glarb for short, but I prefer Glarbstintenferd. Glarbstintenferd. I recently did that right at Starbucks. I didn't have enough cash to have the $9, so I would use my credit card, which has my real name on there. The guy's like, your name's Dennis. You're not Glarbstintenferd. You're not Glarbstintenferd at all. Why did you say you were? I'm like, yeah, you're right, Dennis. That's my given name. That's on my birth certificate. I got that when I was born, but Tinford is my nickname. Yeah, I got that when I was a little kid. I got that I was early on, because when my sister Peggy was a little baby, she couldn't pronounce Dennis. And it just, it came out, it came out Tinford. And ever since then, that's how everybody calls me. My nephews, they call me Uncle Tinford. I kind of like it. One thing I don't like is I can't find a keychain with the name glarbstintin <laughs> on there. A mini license plate for my bicycle.